Wrestling's Super Bowl Bound for Glory is finally in the books. Welcome to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigman. Before I get into the Bound for Glory review, I'd just like to let you know about a couple of things, including the weekend review. It will return next Monday, not this coming Monday. This coming Monday, I will have my WWE Hell in a Cell pay-per-view review up and available for you all. Might be a little bit delayed. Uh, I have some plans tomorrow that might interfere with that, but we'll see how it goes. I also have an interview coming to you real, real soon. Should be a fun one. I'll let you know more about it in my Hell in a Cell pay-per-view review that'll drop on Monday. But let's get into things here. We had one match on the pre-show, the Countdown to Glory pre-show. It was the Rascals, Dez and Wentz, taking on the Deaners, Cody Deaner and Cousin Jake. And this was kind of a high-paced, quick match between the two, the Rascals and the Deaners, and only lasted about five minutes or so. But uh, late in the match, Cody hits a flying headbutt. Wentz hits, kicks him to break up the pin. The Rascals then get the Instagram double stomp on Jake. Rascals then go for their push moonsault, which is a really, really cool move. Uh, Cody gets his knees up. Then there's a modified assisted slam by Cody and Jake. And they get the win. I thought this was a bit shocking. I was kind of surprised because I feel like Cody and uh, Jake are treated as kind of a jobber tag team in Impact. I was kind of surprised they got the win. I'm not too big on them, but it's kind of a nice uh, change of pace. Maybe this leads to them getting a tag title shot here soon, but they got to be taken more seriously if they're going to get a tag title shot here soon with the result of what happened later in the show. And we also got the Ken Shamrock Hall of Fame induction. We got videos from Mick Foley, Bret Hart, and then The Rock was the one to introduce him and to induct him into the Hall of Fame. And Matt Stryker presented him with the the glass uh, award. Shamrock gave a nice little speech and then we got things going proper with the main show. It started with, started with a six-way intergender scramble for the Impact X Division Championship. Rohit Raju, who's been ducking people for week for the past few weeks. Uh, Chris Bay, Jordan Grace, TJP, Cherry Miguel, Willie Mack. TJP continues to amaze me. How did they not use him better in WWE is what baffles me beyond belief because he at one point in this match at one point in this match he had three people in a submission at once Jordan Grace looked great here Willie Mack also everyone did pretty good this was hard to keep track of at times because there was a lot of stuff going on early on Rohit was getting out of dodge because he had no friends coming into that match at one point Rohit gets pinballed Uh, on all four sides of the ring as four different competitors were standing on the apron and he just keeps eating, move, 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 move. 
And at one time, we thought Jordan Grace was going to get the win. I thought Jordan Grace was going to get the win with the Grace driver. But Rohit breaks it up at two. Rohit being ever the opportunist. Yeah, well, he's fantastic as a heel. I got to say that. I got to give Rohit credit. He, go, he goes throughout this match. Throughout this match, he's like, equality! And continues to clap, which I was just laughing my freaking butt off in my head. It was hilarious. I loved it. And Rohit played the opportunist very well because you know what happened late in the match? Rohit comes in after TJP hits a frog splash on Trey and hits a running knee to get the pin and retain. I'm going to give this match a B. There was also a spot where there was four people on the three people on the top rope and Jordan Grace is hanging in a tree of woe and she grabs them both and it's a tower of doom spot but it's different from what I've ever seen that was fun Rohit gets the win retains I'm like I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he uh, does this next week on Impact Wrestling uh, what he does with the title moving forward he's going to get his come up in sooner rather than later probably but Let's keep it. Uh, let's ha- let's keep having fun while he's champion. Again, like I said earlier, I'm gonna give this match a B, solid match. Then we get a backstage bachelor party with sw- not Swinger, but uh, Bravo and company. Not all that interesting. And then we get the call your shot gauntlet. So stipulations going into this were if Rhino. Neither Rhino or neither nor if uh, Rhino or Heath didn't win, if Rhino or Heath did not win the match, they both didn't have jobs. Rhino entered at one, and we got Sean Devari, who appeared in Impact Wrestling a long time ago as Sheikh Abdul Bashir. And boy, 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 Tafari was ripped beyond belief. He had abs on abs. It was nuts. It was nuts. Larry D entered at three. We didn't get an elimination for a while. We had Crazy Steve come in at four. AC Romero at five. Tennille Dashwood at six. She didn't enter initially. Caleb did. And then Havoc entered at seven. Havoc took out uh, Larry D and Caleb. And uh, Caleb eats a pop-up powerbomb from Havoc. It gets thrown out by Havoc, so it's technically not an elimination because Tennille's not in the ring. Tennille does finally enter the ring, and then we get Brian Myers in at number eight. And he cleans house, honestly. He has five different eliminations, including Swoggle, who he actually used as a partner for a moment in the match because Swoggle and him team up to eliminate somebody. And then Myers then throws out Swoggle. Dreamer then comes out at number 10 with the Road Warrior Animal Paint t-shirt to pay homage. Nice little homage there from Tommy. Dreamer, him and Swoggle, even though Swoggle's eliminated, they do a double-team Doomsday device, which was kind of cool to see. Uh, Alicia enters at number 11. She grabs a parking sign, stands with Dreamer, who has a kendo stick. Myers then eliminates Dreamer. Edwards hits Myers with a kendo stick, catches it and throws her out. Kiera Hogan then enters at 12. Myers is holding Tennille, posing for pictures as Caleb, with a K, takes pictures on the apron. Myers then dumps her out of the ring. 
And like I said, he eliminated five people in this match. Taya Valkyrie comes in at number 13. Valkyrie dominates Triple uh, XL, Romero, and Larry D. Then Fala Ball at 14 is holding the money under his shirt that he stole from Hernandez. Hernandez is entering last as Rhino was the first one to enter the match because Hernandez pinned him last week on Impact. Triple XL eliminates Taya. James Storm, the Cowboy, former Impact Wrestling World Champion, well, TNA World Heavyweight Champion, returns at 15. Nice little surprise there. We get the members of Reno Scum at 16 and 17. Then we finally get Heath in at 18. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for Heath to get into the match. Heath then comes out with uh, comes out with some fire and hits a neckbreaker on Myers. Then Heath then I think hurts himself on a kick. He was going to kick Thornstow of Reno Scum, and he just landed awkwardly or something happened there. Heath and AC then trade shots. Heath then eliminates AC Myers Callahan and enters at 19. And also I got to take note of this during the match. Because Matthews seemed like he lost count because he was a number behind right before Callahan come came out. He thought they were at number 18, and they were all actuality at number 19 when Sammy Callahan came out. But Callahan comes in at 19. Storm then tries to eliminate Callahan. Hernandez enters. And Heath is down on the mat getting checked on by a ringside official. He It just seemed awkward. He's just on his back. He's talking with the official, so he's honestly hurting pretty bad at this point. Hernandez then eliminates Baugh after he exposed his missing, missing cash. Hernandez just eliminates himself and leaves to go after his cash. Rhino then eliminates Thornstow. Storm skin, skins the cat, sort of. Then Luster gets eliminated by Rhino. Then the finals four, final four in this Gauntlet is he are Heath, Rhino, Callahan, and Storm. Storm then he tees off on Heath in the corner. Heath then hits a super kick, eats a super kick from Storm. Storm then tries to skin the hat cat. Callahan kicks him out. Callahan then does something funny as crap. He eliminates Heath, but he says, I don't care about your if you have kids, or I don't care if you about your kids. And that is total heel Callahan, which was absolutely great there. Then we get Rhino and Heath. Not Rhino and Heath, but Rhino and Sammy. And then we get the bell rang, because in this Call Your Shot gauntlet, it's a battle royal up until the last two, and then it's a normal match. And then the ref rings the bell, and they trade shots. Sammy hits the cactus special on Rhino, but Rhino shows his resilience. He wants his friend to get his contract. He kicks out a two. Then Sammy leaves the ring to grab a chair. Hits himself in the head with it as he grabs it, which is pretty funny. Refs then, ref then instructs him to not use the chair because it's illegal and he'll get disqualified. But then when he did give the chair to the official, it, it has Sammy turned around and he runs right into a gore from Rhino. And Rhino wins the Call Your Shot gauntlet going pillar to pillar, pillar to post. 1 through 20, he survives. He was the first entrant, and he was the last man standing in this. Rhino and Heath get to keep their jobs. My thoughts on the match, though. Thought it was okay. Typical Battle royal stuff. Nice to see some stories get intertwined in there with Bala and 
Hernandez, and then Myers and Dreamer. Get that sprinkled throughout the match. It's just Heath's injury was very, very unfortunate because I thought they, I think that changed the plans midway through the match. I think it changed the plans because if Heath was still in the match, I thought they were going to lead to something, maybe Heath and Rhino battling for the the contract, but I think it might have been Callahan and Rhino all along, or it might have been Callahan and Heath if Heath didn't get hurt. And I wish Heath really didn't get hurt. I hope, I wish the best for Heath. I really do. Really wish Heath the best because he had some momentum going and now it's kind of stopped due to this injury. Hope he gets well and returns very, very soon. But C plus grade for the Collier Shot Gauntlet. Then the North, they cut a really good promo backstage. Then we get the cinematic match for the Bound for Glory pay-per-view. And it is Moose versus EC3 in an undisclosed location. There's layers to this. There's a lot of layers to this. And I don't completely understand them. It may It's a thinker. It's a big thinker, actually. But I thought this was really good. EC3's cronies look like maybe a cooler version of Retribution. Their masks and their sweatshirts are a lot cooler than what we got out of Retribution and what the hell the heck those masks are. But EC3 bleeds during this match. Moose busts him open after he slams EC3's head on an exposed turnbuckle. And Moose wants his answer his question answered. Is this what you want? Moose continuously asks that throughout the match. He asks it at least five or six times into the ma- uh, during the match. EC3 would then throw Moose into a guardrail. And EC3 is instructing Moose to tell him, instructs Moose to show us who you're supposed to be. EC3 is just wanting to get something out of the moose. He wants to get the real moose. He wants to get the badass moose. He wants to get the monster moose. That's why he's kind of been, he kind of repeated during the match and talked about during the match. And EC3 at the end, going for his old dirty deeds uh, like finisher, it's that bulldog headlock into a face plant. He thinks about it for a second, doesn't do it. Because he gets a flashback back when he was the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. And this is what it's been about, kind of burning the legacy of the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. But EC3's hesitation costs him. Because Moose has the title and hits EC3 with it three times. He's busted open at this point is Moose. And EC3 at one time during this match says the title doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the annals of history. EC3 says title means everything. He says this championship is won. Become the monster you're supposed to be, Moose. Then you will earn it. And after Moose hits EC3 with the title, he asks again... Is this what you want? It's a flashback. Is this what you want? And then he just mounts and pounds EC3. 
Moose rips his tank top off. Grabs the title. Moose says, answer me, you stupid SOB. And then EC3 shouts, yes. EC3 followers then do the Moose chant. It's like a boiler up if you're a Purdue, if you knew, if you know how Purdue goes, but he, it's like pulling the train engine. Moose. Moose. They do that. And EC3 says, control your narrative. And then Moose hits him with the title one more time. Moose leaves the ring and stares at the title. Moose has become what he wants to, what he's supposed to be. And that's what EC3 wanted to get out of him all along. EC3 then gets dragged out of the ring by his followers. And man, this was really good. I thought this was really good stuff. There's a lot of layers to this to unwrap. I'm not sure of all of them, but... I think EC3 is gone from Impact now. He put over Moose here. And this has brought a change to Moose. We're going to get a different Moose coming up on Impact Wrestling now. On Impact Wrestling on Axis. And I think this will lead him lead him getting a Impact World title shot. Don't know when, but we'll, we're going to see a different Moose. Definitely see a different moose. Good stuff here. But I'll have to get a I'll have to watch it again to get a full grasp of it. But I what I saw here was EC3 sacrificing himself for Moose to find himself, to find the real him. The end of the match, like I said, makes it look like EC3 is done with impact. He did his job. He got Moose to control his narrative. Instead of awarding himself the Impact Wrestling, well, the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, he's got to go earn it now. And he did earn the TNA World Heavyweight Championship after destroying EC3, but we'll see what he does moving forward. Hopefully it's hopefully, hopefully it leads to him getting a world title shot. But leaves me intrigued. It makes me want to tune in to Impact Wrestling this coming Tuesday. Gonna give it a B plus. Really good stuff from EC3 and Moose. Best thing of the night so far. Then we get Eddie Edwards versus Ken Shamrock with uh, Sammy Callahan at ringside. Shamrock dominates the early portions of this with strikes and Eddie Edwards just seems completely out of sorts for like the first half of this match. Edwards fights back, gets the advantage with a blue thunder bomb. He is unable to follow up on that. Basement drop kicks Shamrock to the outside after some dragon screw leg whips. Hits a tope suicida on Callahan and Shamrock. This was different from everything on the card so far. This was completely different. Because we had Shamrock dominate for quite a while. Then we had Callahan come in. Not Callahan, but Edwards start getting the momentum back. Jumping kick by Edwards. Running elbow by Eddie. Eddie then sets Shamrock up on top. Hits Shamrock with the backpack stunner. But a cool little thing happened there after he hit the backpack stunner on Shamrock. Shamrock keeps his legs locked up. Shamrock is 56 years old. Sits up and locks in a rear naked choke. And headbutts to Shamrock by Edwards. Eddie then goes for the Boston knee party. Eddie hits it. 
locks in the single leg crab. Sammy up on the apron. Does that same thing with the phone. He taps it. Lights go out. And it's a callback to their 2018 feud where supposedly Sammy Callahan almost took his eye out, Eddie Edwards' eye out, made him blind with his baseball bat. And then Eddie Edwards has a kendo stick once the lights come on. Eddie hits Callahan with the kendo stick. And then Shamrock ends up giving Edwards a belly-to-belly, locks in the ankle lock on the injured ankle of Edwards, and Edwards has no choice but to tap. This feud is not over yet. I think they're going to bring back Edwards versus Callahan. Shamrock gets the win here after his Hall of Fame induction earlier in the night. Different from anything we've seen on the show so far. Wasn't great, but not bad. Not bad. And they're going to, it looks like they're going to go back to that Callahan Edwards feud from a few years back. I'm going to give it a C. Then we get the fatal four way tag team title match. And before we even get things rolling here, Motor City Machine Guns, they're defending their Impact Wrestling Tag Team Championships against the North, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander, Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson, and Doc Gallows. But before the match even gets rolling, we have Shelly and Saban coming up to ringside. Saban eats a boot. And then Shelly eats a tiger driver on the ramp by Alexander. So Shelly, not Shelly, but Saban has to go at it by himself. And this is chaos. This is hard to keep up with for the most part. But it was a fun tag team match. Fun, fun tag team match from these Four teams. Saban takes a lot of punishment before finally getting Anderson into the match. And then Saban keeps working himself back in. A lot of blind tags during this, especially in the earlier portions. Austin and Fulton had some really cool double team moves during this. I honestly thought they were going to win the titles here because they've been kind of floating under the radar for the past few weeks. They've taken some pins, and but they have regained some momentum after that but I thought they were going to win the titles here turned out to be a completely unexpected winner of this match uh winner in this match here we go here's the finish Fulton sets up Anderson on the top Paige and Alexander ping pong Fulton with Austin on his shoulders then the north hits Austin with a punch to the face a double punch to the face Anderson to the second rope he hits a neck breaker on Alexander Alexander and not Alexander but Anderson and Gallows go for the Magic Killer on Alexander. He counters. Gunstun is countered also. O'Connor roll by Anderson. Alexander kicks out. But that knocks Anderson right into Page, who has the title belts. And, well, the title belt. He hits Anderson with it. The ref is distracted. And then... Alexander gets the pin, and your new Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Champions are the North. Ethan Page and Josh Alexander. This, like I said, wasn't the result I expected. I would have been okay with this. I would have been okay with either Fulton or Austin winning the titles, getting a new tag team a shot, or going with the established team in Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows. I don't get this here, really, with the North. They already had the titles for a year already. They had Their last reign 
with the titles was for a year. I was thinking the Motor City Machine Guns reign as tag champs wasn't going to be super long anyway, but I thought they were going to go with a different team instead of going back to the North. We'll see how this plays out. I don't feel like this is going to be a very long-term reign for the North because they held the titles for a year uh, before losing them on the episode after Slammiversary. But we'll see how it plays out. We'll just have to wait and see. Not a big fan of this booking decision because it seems like the North are just going to be transitional champions here. We should have just went with either Austin or Austin and Fulton or the Good Brothers here, but we'll see. Match, overall, it gets a B grade. I enjoyed it. Then what we were supposed to get was Kylie Ray versus Deanna Perrazzo for the Impact Knockouts Championship. This is probably, this probably caused a firestorm on the internet. I probably did. It definitely did. Because what we got, we had this promoted weeks ahead of time. They're promoting this Kylie Ray, Deanna Prazo Impact Knockouts Championship match at Bound for Glory. Some people probably bought the show just for that match. Just for that match. But what we got here was quite interesting. We saw on the pre-show, if you watched the pre-show, Deanna mentioned that Kylie Ray wasn't in the building. We hadn't seen Kylie all day. Kylie's music hits. They play the video package even before this. They play the video package of Kylie and Deanna. Kylie doesn't show up when her entrance music is played. Which brings into question here. Why promote Kylie Ray? They bring out Sue Young, uh, formerly Susie. They bring back the Sue Young character. Sue had a character shift back to her old self after getting her arm smushed into a steel chair by Perrazzo a few weeks ago at Victory Road. My biggest issue is you kind of screwed people out of money here. If they bought the show specifically for Kylie Ray and Deanna Perrazzo, you kind of screw the people out of their money. And we really got no explanation for it. We got no explanation for why Deanna Perrazzo and Sue Young happened instead of Kylie Ray versus Deanna Perrazzo. I hope Kylie Ray is okay. I really do. Speculation is that it's COVID-related. Just hope she's okay. But this is Impact Wrestling's fault on their end. Because if we weren't going to get Kylie Ray versus Deanna Prazo, why show the video package beforehand? If you knew she wasn't going to be wrestling on the show, why keep promoting the match as we are getting ready to start the show? That's just negligence on the part of Impact Wrestling there. This match wasn't bad. This match was not bad at all. Kylie, uh, Deanna versus Sue Young. But you gotta not screw people out of their money. I feel like I got shortchanged because I was expecting this banger of a match between Kylie Ray and Deanna Perrazzo. I was dead set on seeing that match. But I didn't get it. And I really didn't get any explanation as to why it didn't happen. Or just any, like, if they give me a storyline excuse, I would have been okay with it. 
But they didn't give us a storyline excuse. They just kind of oh, brought out Sue Young and then that was it. With no explanation. It was disappointing. The match between Deanna and Sue Young was perfectly fine. I'm kind of thrown off a bit by Sue Young winning the title. Sue Young won the title after uh, this stuff. Sue puts on her blood-stained glove. Deanna then accidentally takes out the official with a pump kick. Deanna goes for a package pile driver. And then Sue Young hits a reverse pile driver on Deanna, but the official is out. Kimberly then gets in the ring and hits Sue in the back with a chair. They do the arm in the chair spot again at the callback to what they did a few weeks ago to her. Then Sue Young gets in the mandible claw, red miss to Kimberly. Perrazzo then gets the arm bar in, the uh, Fujiwara arm bar. Then she goes the goes for the double arm bar, the Venus de Milo. But Sue Young gets the mandible claw locked in. Perrazzo gets out, hits a couple of pump kicks. Perrazzo then gets the arm bar countered. Moments later, Sue Young hits the panic, squ- panic switch, which is, I think, kind of similar to a cradle shock, and gets the win to win the title. I thought this was a solid match. I thought this was a solid match, but with the normal shenanigans from Perrazzo and Lee, which made sense in the context of the match, the switching of participants without the explanation, though. It was completely lame and shortchanged the people who bought the pay-per-view for that match specifically. And why continue to promote this match? Why, 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 why continue to promote Ray versus Perrazzo up right until the match is happening? And we get Sue Young versus Perrazzo instead. And I didn't hate this match by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't hate this match at all. But I thought this was kind of shady on Impact's part. That they continue to promote the match even though it wasn't going to happen. And why take the title off Perrazzo at this point when Young wasn't even her scheduled opponent? Uh, The Angle Podcast made that point on their thing, and I kind of agree with that point. The Angle Podcast on Twitter, he made that comment, and I completely agree with it. Why do all that build to do that? And I just wish they wouldn't have done the title change there and continue to promote the match between Kylie Ray and Deanna Perrazzo if it wasn't going to happen. I And I didn't really like that title switch, like I said. The switch didn't really make any sense. It would have made sense if they just did some kind of shenanigans to keep the title on Perrazzo at this point. And that match was part of the reason why I bought the show. I'm going to give this match a C+. The switching of opponents and not getting an explanation for it completely threw things off. That's why I'm giving this match a lower grade, a C+. The booking on this show, kind of iffy. Like I said, the North winning the titles again didn't make a whole lot of sense to me unless it's going to be a transitional type of thing. And then Sue Young winning the title here without being the, with being the, with not being the scheduled opponent. Yeah, the the last two matches, booking-wise, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Then we get the main event. This show, at this point, had honestly been kind of disappointing, in my opinion. It, it had kind of been disappointing, in my opinion. But this was definitely a worthy main event. The story coming into this was great. 
Eric Young injuring Rich Swan. Rich Swan fighting to come back, get his match at Bound for Glory against Eric Young. Eric Young, the reigning and defending Impact World Champion. And I like the route they went during this match because what we got here was Eric Young and Rich Swan. Well, Rich Swan was getting his ankle attacked early. Young was going after that surgically repaired ankle of Swan. Swan was not letting him get a hold of it. But an injury happened during the match. Swan actually hurt his neck. Instead, instead of going to the ankle immediately, they had it go to the neck. Eric Young attacks the neck, attacks the neck throughout the match. And there was some crazy stuff Swan did during this. Like, Eric Young goes for a back body drop. But a normal back body drop, you see somebody just land on their back. No, Swan did a 450 and landed flat on his stomach during this. That was nuts. But we got to see a lot of arm work, not arm work, but neck work by Eric Young. Eric Young is very good at being vicious, man. He is a psychopath, and he's very, very good at it. Wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley, nor a light alley. But beside the point. We eventually get Swan making a comeback as Eric Young's hitting him with right hands. It's just ticking him off. He's getting angry. He gets enraged. Then he levels Young with some slaps. Young goes over the top rope, runs the corner. Swan meets Young at the second rope, which is the old Ric Flair spot as he goes over the crossbody and flips him over, does Swan. Swan hits a running clothesline. Spinning back kicks from Rich. Boot in the corner by Young. Step up, kick by Swan. Standing Hurricane Rana by Swan. Frog splash, and Young kicks out at two. Then Young plays on the top rope. Young fights him off and bites Swan's face like the vicious heel that he is. Young then dies off and hits the elbow drop to Swan's neck. Swan kicks out at two, but then Young reacts and locks in that cross face. Swan gets the ropes to break the submission. Inverted fireman's carry from then from Young again. Gets a near fall. Also, Young hit a freaking second rope wheelbarrow neckbreaker. Yeah. He hit a wheelbarrow neckbreaker. Young then gets a heel hook after hitting the neckbreaker. Swan gets the ropes again. Young goes for a pile driver. Roll through by Swan. Young kicks out. Swan follows up with some strikes and a kick to Young's head. Swan with a handspring Phoenix Splash, which was absolutely beautiful. Rich then goes up top for this Phoenix Splash. Young ties up Swan's ankle in the Tree of Woe. Rich hits a cutter on Young. Front handspring cutter on Young. Then he heads up top and finishes it with the flurry. Hits the Phoenix Splash on Young to get the three count. And he is your new Impact Wrestling World Champion. Really, really, really good match to close out the show. I'm going to give it an A- minus grade. I'm happy they gave us the feel-good moment, and this was a really good main event. And they really needed that to make up for the rest of the show, I thought. They really needed that main event to, to, go off well, to come off well, and it did there. And I liked, like I said, I liked that they went to the neck early, and then went after the injured ankle of Swan did Eric Young. 
And I thought Eric Young did such a great job trash-talking throughout this, playing the sadistic heel. He's just fantastic in that role. And seeing Swan overcome was great. And this was a great build. This had a great build to it. This had a build starting at Slammiversary. And it was capped off by a great match here. Well, there at Bound for Glory. And it'll be interesting to see what Swan does with that title moving forward. After the match, Swan gets the locker room to clear out and congratulate him as we end the show. Swan is understandably emotional. He almost didn't have, he almost didn't come back to wrestling, but he's back and he's now the Impact Wrestling World Champion. My overall thoughts on the show. Honestly, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm honestly kind of disappointed with this pay-per-view. We had some decent matches, pretty good matches. The best things on the show, honestly, were the EC3 Moose uh, match in in an undisclosed location, the uh, cinematic match between EC3 and Moose. Uh, The opening six-way was pretty good, too, along with the four-way world tag title match. Disappointed with the booking there, but really disappointed with with what happened in the Kylie Ray, the, with the Kylie Ray Deanna Perrazzo match thing, which ended up turning to Sue Young versus Deanna Perrazzo. Just kind of threw things off for me. And while some of the matches were good, some of the matches were disappointing. The booking stuff, like I said, with the tag title match and then the Impact Knockouts Championship match were kind of downers for me on this show. Really good wrestling at points, but honestly, this is a downer. This is about average WWE pay-per-view grade-wise, or maybe slightly lower even. I wouldn't pay $40 to see this kind of pay-per-view again. Ultimately, I felt shortchanged. I did feel shortchanged, especially with that Deanna Perrazzo, Kylie Ray situation. I'm going to go back to it over and over again. But that's negligence on Impact's part. I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. They call your shot gauntlet was fine. Heath getting injured was very, very unfortunate. Matches, while some were good, some were just okay. And you can't be just having okay matches at your Super Bowl. This did not feel like a Super Bowl for Impact Wrestling. Honestly, I think Slammiversary was more of a Super Bowl than this pay-per-view was. I didn't get to see Slammiversary personally, but there was a lot more newsworthy stuff coming out of that show instead of uh, Bound for Glory. Eric Young and Rich Swan definitely delivered in the main event, but it doesn't make this show worth the $40 price tag. I'm going to give it, ultimately, a B-. Hope you enjoyed that pay-per-view review of Bound for Glory. Make sure to tune in on Monday for my Hell in a Cell pay-per-view review. Some good stuff coming into that one. Uh, Bailey versus Sasha Banks inside Hell in a Cell. Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso in an I Quit Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Universal Championship. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship inside Hell in a Cell. And Elias and Jeff Hardy taking on one another in another one of the matches on the pay-per-view. But until then, 
make sure to follow me on the socials, Facebook and Twitter at SigDaddyWrestle. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many, many other podcasting platforms. And make sure to leave a five-star review if you like the show. Until next time, though, this is Sig Daddy signing off. Thanks for listening, and so long, everybody.